Well, I think she was basically saying that she's anxious around the press. She didn't want to do it. She was trying to just quietly not agree to do it. And they fined her 15K and she just paid it and wanted to not make a big fuss. But then they got like all pushy and big timey with her and was talking about how, you know, the fines are going to keep going up and we can even disqualify you from the tournaments. And then the other majors are chiming in like, you better not try and fucking pull that mental health bullshit on our press and promotion. And Naomi is the most marketable female athlete in the world. Like literally, I think by dollars, half Asian, got that thing going. She's tennis, young, like, you know, charming, I guess. Um, and then she just said, all right, well, I'm out. And it's genius. That's crazy. It's genius to do with the French Open. She's never even been fourth around here, I don't think. Um, what like, do you mean genius? I mean... Is this just to make a statement and she's, she'll be fine with the press at Wimbledon? Well, Wimbledon, she probably at least would think she has a chance to win. And so there's time so? for her team to kind of facilitate stuff and things will be smoother by then. But, I mean, she's Miss Social Justice Warrior, dude. Do you remember when she didn't play the Cincinnati Masters against Azarenka before the U.S. Open? It was a million-dollar match, and she just didn't show up after there was a police shooting. I actually didn't realize that. Yeah, she just didn't play, didn't show up to her finals, boycotted the match in protest. So she's, she's doing this whole... <clears throat> political thing she's social she's trying to use her platform social justice warrior like mental health like i don't know she feels anxiety talking to the press she wants to use her platform to help people who have anxiety and like hilariously i mean it was the u.s open and she started talking about mental health they might have just handed her the fucking trophy but in europe or australia like they're not taking that i guess as easily and they want the players to promote the tournament it's like, I don't know what value your tournament really gets from Naomi. Like, oh, yeah, played well. Uh, yeah. Credit to my opponent. Some nice shots. It's like, it's all the same shit. She doesn't want to be there. Like, just let her play some fucking tennis. Well, yeah, but it's like, you know, get to know the players type of thing. And it's more personalized. Turn it into her TikTok. Like, let, let her evolve the way that players interact with fans. Like, these press conferences are fucking antiquated. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I don't... I think they're kind of... They bad. should be looking... They should be looking to Naomi and say, okay, well, how would you like to engage the fans? And trying to cater to the fucking... Right. Superstar who is the most marketable female athlete on the planet. Right. The problem is that the guys who run the tournament don't want to hand their power over, you know. They want to have a say. True, they, but they, this is just like this is just like Major League Baseball not wanting to share their clips on Twitter for so long and how the NBA has done so much better, like embracing social media, letting people share their stuff. Like these just kind of old white dudes trying to keep things exactly how they want and like resist change. But... I mean, the press conference, like, 
that's not you're not you're not getting to know a player in a press conference. Like I mean, some of the guys try and like are interesting, but a lot some of them, of them just, are. Like, I I tune into those. When a player loafs through them, they're the biggest waste of time ever. It's like, why should that be the only medium for players communicating with the fans and getting to know them? I just wish the questions were better. I mean, every every time I'm hearing, it's like the questions are just so dumb and like not interesting. Like, oh, what what went wrong today? And like, what you know? How do you feeling about like just? What, I mean, just what are they gonna say? Like, uh, this was off today. I was, wasn't hitting my back. They'd come up with such better questions. Yeah. I don't know. I think they put pressure on team by bumping up his seed so that when they didn't put Rafa and, and Novak on opposite sides because team, who had been terrible, they bumped him up. I think he like felt a lot of pressure by that, and that's probably part of the reason he lost to Anduhar. I was just going to say, what the hell happened to team? I didn't even know that. I don't think he... He lost to Andujar? The French? First round, after winning the first two sets. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Wish I would have been up early enough to watch that, because I, I always like to bet against a fading team. He just, I don't know, it seems like he hasn't been focused on tennis. Oh, dude, did you hear the fucking real story? Uh... A doubles player got arrested in handcuffs on Roland Garros grounds for match fixing. This year? Yes. Uh, It's part of a very long investigation. Last year, she was... There was a... She? Yeah, it's it's kind of cute actually too. (laughs) Um, I don't even remember what her name is, but... She was playing with like Alexandrova was her partner once. She's Russian course Allison Drova was her partner once Brangle was her partner another one and she wasn't necessarily well who knows what she was doing like maybe was doing a lot of shit but the way that they're trying to throw matches in this day and age is they're trying to throw the props not the match so like you know if it's basketball or something like you know just try and be losing at the first quarter or try and like get under your points prop or just you know whatever in this there was a you know, they got their, like, betting monitor, and there was a, uh, there was, like, a betting red flag that hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars were bet on them to get broken in her service game, like, in the, her first service game of the second set, and she got broken at love and double faulted twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she played it off decently well. Like, I watched the clip. The double faults weren't, weren't like, crazy ones. Like, um, and then, like, she did she kind of fall back. Maybe she didn't have to on one. Uh, I would say she did pretty well if she was... I mean, she probably obviously was if that happened. But she was, like, a good... It was a good fake. I would think that you'd be able to hit a double fault pretty easily. Like, bomb a serve out. Don't hit, have to hit the net. Just bomb, bomb one long or something, and then hit one wide, like just wide. I don't know. 
I want to give you that. I mean, she I was mean, like, I, I, I double fall all the time. I think she was, I think she was just a little long and maybe clipped the net on the other ones, but they just, they were really close. It didn't look like she was, I mean, she didn't just go and fucking smash the ball into the ground. That's the problem is it's not them on the court. Nobody's going to spot them on the court. It's the betting pattern. I mean, you see hundreds of thousands coming on some obscure thing. Like, yeah, it gives it away. It's going to have to be pretty obscure if you're going to get the person to do it. <laughs> record for eight minutes. This is the gossip part of the Wheeze cast. Stanley didn't even know we were recording that whole time. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> no, but that's how it should be a podcast. No, I know it was actually a conversation as opposed to me just spouting my bullshit. You talking about your tail in between your legs and how embarrassed <laughs> you are to show up for the next pod. Before hitting five winners the next day. <clears throat> so, I mean, is this is this the official? Early, I mean, uh, we roll into our picks, or yeah, we might as well roll into some picks. Or do we have any other tennis discussion? Well, what was the other gossip? Oh well, I mean, this this betting girl and the. And the fixing stuff is is just pretty insane, though. I feel like the way that we bet, we're more likely to be on the right side of these fixed matches. Because unless you're the most disciplined match fixer ever, you're obviously going to bet more than the average on these two random doubles people who nobody's watching. Yeah, I mean, if it's pre-match or whatnot, but I mean, if you're talking live props, or I, I guess the prop would have been pre-match. Yeah, the prop volume on tennis doubles matches yeah. that are low-ranked players has to be almost nothing. I mean, we don't really look at props, so at least I don't. But at the same time, what is she playing for in these doubles matches? Like, she could maybe get even $100 for winning one of these matches or less. So you give her, like, 50 bucks, she doesn't even necessarily forfeit her chance to win the $100 for winning the match. But... She just doubled her pay or, you know, increased her pay by 1.5, and all she had to do was dump her serve one time. Yeah, but I mean... That's, but that's but nobody's betting well. that. Nobody's betting that. You can't fix something very well and make any money if nobody's betting it. But, so the line's always going to move a little bit, and we're looking to the line for validation on most of the stuff we're doing anyway, so... If it ever is fixed. I mean, we probably have bet on fixed matches before. Probably. Like, probably sure lots of happens. times. I'm sure it happens a lot. I mean, with all the props, it's so easy to fix tennis. The thing is, is they do it so stupidly, so unintelligently. You know, if we knew a guy on tour and we wanted to get in on this, I, I would say, all right, pick something and we'll go... Put a few thousand to start out with, you know, and then we can But even that, if you did it on a prop, a few thousand bucks, I mean, maybe that wouldn't be all the red flags, but I don't think a few thousand... I don't think anyone's betting a few thousand dollars on a random prop, and you better bet... You better bet that big, usually, because if it's your outlier, then that's going to be suspicious, right, and was, it can't be that same girl right, or the I same gonna, player. I was going to say, pick a couple props, and you could do it 
how many, two or three times in a match and spread the money. You could do like the double fault over or something. I bet you there's props that you could think of that wouldn't Let's even say hurt we yourself. Have 10, 10K on three different things in a match, okay? So you're spread out a bit. Even if he did, even if they fucked one of one of them up, or just wanted to do it, you two of three, let's say, you're up ten k pretty easily in one match. Yeah, but that that that's too much money. I think that would raise the red flags. Know. At least people not a, two, in a in a French thousand. Open match, no, but in the Challenger bullshit match where they're if playing for a thousand bucks if they win the whole tournament. In the match, you think that would raise red flags? Not on a French Open match, but if we no, put no, 10,000 on a prop within a challenger, yeah. I think they would know that that's not normal behavior. And if we never did it again, then it's really not normal behavior. And if we'd never done it before, I mean, that's not a, that's the betting pattern that would stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, if we bet three of them in one match, though. But the point is, to get the real money, you need to you'd need to be doing it at the higher levels and I don't think you'd be able to get people in the French Open. I mean, maybe. Like, you could make... I don't know, what are these players making for the first round loss? Like, probably 50K now, 60K just for even showing up. So it's probably much less likely to get them to mess with it than these people who are playing for hundreds of dollars. Like, we have more money on a lot of these ITF matches than they're playing for. Right. I mean, I'm sure a lot of those are fixed. Yeah, I mean, it would just be so easy to do it. Um, yeah. Patel might throw it tomorrow. <laughs> given, but, the, given the line movement toward the center ball league. Well, I think you need to watch the video of that girl in the match that was thrown. It was just super interesting to watch well, the one. What's your Well, just, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you it after. But let's let's do the picks. Um, I'll go first. My pick is going to be Vondrusova, and I hope that's good pronunciation. My Czech friend Sylvie taught me well on that one. Uh, she's playing Bedosa, and Vondrusova has done really well here in Paris. She's been to the final, losing to Barty a couple of years back. Uh, Clay is her surface. She's been, you know, she's a really crafty player, doesn't miss balls, puts you in a lot of uncomfortable situations. And Bedosa seems like she is on borrowed time in this tournament. I watched her whole match against Bogdan, and I didn't think that... Uh, you know, I thought she was very fortunate to get through. Bogdan got a little nervous at the end. Um, I just think Bedosa's played a little too much tennis, like a lot of these people. I think she feels a lot of pressure being kind of a tournament favorite, even though uh, you know I, I don't see her as one. I think she's about third in the futures market right now. Um, and I just think Vondrosova is uh, coming in, no pressure, nothing to lose, comfortable in Paris, good on the surface, had great results here. Um, what, what are her odds, Dan? I think something uh, like plus 130. Minus 162. Yeah, so plus 130, plus 135-ish uh, on Vondrosova. Uh, that's my play. Uh, Stanley, what do you got? stand here uh, my play is going to be I've got a couple of them that I want to mention here I have to mention first uh, the Azarenka Pavlichenka Chenkova match uh, I think I 
maybe butcher that pronunciation, but I did see the ads on Azarenka move from minus 200 to minus 175 before my eyes, so I have to mention that. And when I see something like that, uh, it definitely opens my eyes to, to something going on. Maybe perhaps somebody knows something out there that uh, Rufus and I don't. Um, you know, action will definitely be, be on Azarenka in this one. Uh, Pavlichenkova has been pretty hot. Uh, perhaps Azarenka is a little bit injured from being retired uh, retiring about a month ago, so a few matches in, you never know how she's feeling, maybe she's uh, sort of injured, and the market has d discovered that, that's why you're seeing the movement from 200-175, so I think it is worth it, definitely throw a little bit of money on Pavlyuchenkova uh, to beat Azarenka, I wouldn't throw your entire balance on it, but uh, definitely sprinkle a little bit on it. Definitely value there. Uh, the other one I want to touch on is I'm going to go against the GOAT, Serena Williams. She's minus current currently minus 225. Uh, a little bit trappy, I would say, given, you know, it's Serena Williams and she is the GOAT, as Rufus likes to always. We love to go against the GOAT here on the Weez cast. Hasn't worked out a whole lot recently. We're very contrarian guys. Uh, we typically like to go against the uh, chalk, if you will. Uh, definitely chalk will be, be in Serena here. You never know how she's feeling, how fit she is. I really don't think she's very fit. Uh, getting deeper into the tournament. Uh, fourth round, are we? Um, probably feeling a little bit fatigued. Rybakina, very young. Uh talented players 21 years old only um i think she has a lot of talent uh, we did a little scouting earlier in the video and rufus was really talking her up uh, with her drop shots very easy power um so i think she could give uh serena some problems uh, tomorrow at least keep it very close so i would throw a little bit on the money line but also Definitely, since there is value there, take Rybakina with three and a half games as well. I would definitely have a good chunk of money on that, uh, given that I think it's could easily go three sets and possibly Rybakina could pull it off. But I expect this one to be close. Take the three and a half games with Rybakina. There you hear it, Stan. Right from Stan's mouth, those are our winners left and right. Uh, I would only add that Stan forgot his ITF pick, which is Arnabaldi. Um, that's okay. Me, for the record, uh, I would prefer Serena in that match. Uh, I like going against the Goats, too, but going against the Goats hasn't been working so well on the Weezcast, uh, so I don't endorse that one. But I want to thank Stanley for his guest appearance on the Weezcast and for the roof, and good luck to everybody.